Welcome to the Can't Stop Endurance podcast. At Can't Stop Endurance, we work with runners from beginner to advanced. From rookies to marathon champions, we provide personalized coaching to help endurance athletes reach their personal goals. Whether it is a 5K or 100-mile ultra, Can't Stop head coach Kevin Leathers has been there as a coach and an athlete for nearly 40 years. He also serves as the national coach for the St. Jude Heroes program. And now, here's Coach Kevin. Thank you for joining us today, and I am joined by my producer and co-host, Holly Henserling. Holly, how are you? I'm good. Great. Holly, tell, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, I have been an athlete most of my life. I'm a former soccer player. That was my main sport growing up, but running is my later in life passion. I'm also a certified RRCA coach like you, um, and I coach high school cross country. And uh, where I work at my school, I lead a St. Jude Heroes training program for the St. Jude Marathon weekend. So I have a, a wide variety of athletic experience. And I'm a runner myself. And you coach me. There we go. And that's why you're here today. <laughs> that is why I'm here. Great. Today, we're going to talk about the New York City Marathon that's coming up here in the next few weeks. And we want to give you a preview, a little bit of insight into the race. And if you're running New York give you some ideas how to best manage your experience and your race. And if you're not running New York, maybe entice you to go up there and give this big race a try. I'm excited to hear this because I've never been to New York to run the the marathon. My husband has, and I have a couple of friends who have, so I'm excited to learn a little bit today. So tell me about your history with the New York City Marathon. Well, I've always looked at New York City as a bucket list marathon. It's, it's a historical race in marathoning and in the running world. You know, we, I think Boston's at the top as far as history and lore. Close behind it is New York City because it's one of the first original big city marathons. It was one of the first big city marathons to break out. It was one of the first big city marathons to branch out across the whole city yeah. and go through all five boroughs of New York City. And then there's just all the famous runners who have run there and uh, competed there and all the stories we used to read and hear and see. Uh, so I went up there the first year, uh, 11 years ago as the head coach for team McGraw, another charity team that I was associated with. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've also run it and this will be my 10th consecutive year to be up there as a runner or a coach. So how many times did you run it? I've run it once. Okay. Uh, the rest of the time just been up there with a team or can't stop athletes. Um, so it's just, it, it, it's everything. It's the big apple. And as much as certain races fit the personality of their location, yeah. New York city, it's big, it's loud, yeah. it's uh, expansive, it's international. It's everything you'd want New York city to be rolled up into that marathon. Yeah. That's what my husband said. He said it was awesome. Even just r- running through the five boroughs, just each borough had its own little identity, um, as, as you would go through it, and just thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It's almost like being your own little parade there in New York. It really is, and there's there's a lot to it. But if you manage yourself and your time and your logistics properly, it can be a really great event. If you go up there unprepared, not knowing where to be and what time to be there, it can be a nightmare. Yeah. So tell us about that. Because I have heard that there are there is a lot of time to... You get up really early and there's a lot of time to wait before the race and what have you. So why don't you talk about some of the logistics? Yeah, it, it starts, it starts well before that. Okay. Uh, everybody's flying in. 
New York City is not the easiest place to fly into because the airports are outside of Manhattan. So there's get there on a plane, get a cab or an Uber or take the train or the bus into the city, get to your hotel. Um, once you get there, you have to manage getting to the expo, getting to restaurants to eat, all those things. So it takes a little bit of pre-planning. How am I going to get from, let's say you fly into LaGuardia, how am I going to get from LaGuardia to my hotel? Find out the best way. And have that planned before you land in New York City. I hope people would have that planned out. (laughs) Right. And then get to your hotel. Um, Hotel location is, there's so many hotels in New York City that you, if if you're not familiar with the city and the location of the hotels, you can make a bad choice. Now, at some point, it gets so busy that you have to take whatever's left. But if yeah. you do some pre-planning, you either want to stay kind of in Midtown where you're close to everything, restaurants, subway stops, the convention center, so you can get around easy and not waste a lot of time and money commuting all over the city. If you stay way down in lower Manhattan, everything is a cab ride or a subway ride uptown to restaurants and the expo and all those things and the finish line. Or you want to stay very as close to Central Park as you can because that's where the finish line is and you want to be able to get back to your hotel as easily and quickly as you can after the race. Yeah, uh, Traffic's a nightmare post-race, so those logistics need to be planned out also. Mm-hmm. Some of the pitfalls of these big city marathons that I think I really try to get my athletes to be aware of, the whole idea of going to these races is to minimize your stress so that you can put all that all that energy into your race, right? The marathon's hard enough and takes all your energy. So we're, we want to minimize excessive walking. You know, New York's a walking town. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of people, it's a bucket list to run the race itself, but just to go to New York, people don't, I don't know, I don't go there that often. If I go up there for the race, I would want to see a bunch of the sites because the race is on Sunday, right? The race is on Sunday. And you probably get there, what, Friday? You need to get there by Friday. So you'd be super excited and you want to walk around. So you need to cut that down. Yeah. yeah and I get that because I'm, I, you know, I, I love New York city. I love going up there because there's so much to do and yeah. see, but you can't do it all and you can't see it all in one trip. Yeah. So if at all possible, if your schedule and your budget allows, go up and pre-race, do as little as you can stand to do <laughs> and then sightsee. Afterwards, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's the best way to do it because it's going to help your recovery. But let's take sightseeing out of it. Say this is your 10th trip to New York City. Mm -hmm. You've seen all the sites you want to see. Just getting around town is a lot of walking from your if let's say you've got a good hotel in Midtown Manhattan. Walking to the expo is on, on a normal day. It's a 20 to 30 minute walk which in New York city is no big deal. People don't think twice about walking 30 minutes to get to a restaurant or to work or, but a day or two before your marathon, that right there is an hour of walking plus an hour of walking around the expo. And that's just going to the expo. You got (laughs) to, right. So about everything else, right? So now we're just the expo trip alone is four hours on your feet. Yeah. What training plan in the world and what (laughs) coach in the world says, okay, the day before your marathon, I want you to go hike for four hours. That'll kill your legs. So, I would recommend before the race, spend a few dollars and take that cab or that Uber from your hotel to the expo and back. Don't be a hero and walk everywhere. In New York City, it's not uncommon to walk 10, 20 blocks to go to a restaurant. Pre-race, you need to jump in a cab or jump in an Uber or something like that just to save those steps. Um, And then all the distractions. It's New York City. It's bright and it's big city and it's all those things. So 
like you said, this is a bucket list trip for a lot of people. So maybe on Saturday you pick one thing you want to do, whether that's Rockefeller Center or mm-hmm. Times Square or a, a play, a, a play or a Broadway show is a great idea because you're going to go sit for yeah. a couple of hours and do that and then spend the rest of the day relaxed, sit and watch the world go by because it's a great place to people watch. Yeah. So you mentioned the expo. So why don't you talk about the expo? Because I've heard it's a huge expo with lots of running celebrities and all kind of cool stuff to check out. Yeah. The, uh, these big expos, especially in New York, it's runner nerd heaven, <laughs> right? You could go in there. You, you could literally spend all day. Yeah. Every manufacturer that makes anything having to do with running is there. All the big shoe companies and apparel companies are there with these huge displays of all their new gear. They'll have New York City themed gear it's pretty cool to walk around and then uh, the big shoe companies will have their running celebrities there on site for autographs and pictures and uh you kind of want to soak all that in but you have to pick and choose wisely and when you get a chance to sit down and take a break sit down and take a break the javits convention center is huge and right outside the convention hall there's a huge cafe food court so walk around for 30 45 minutes go sit down take a break get some water, hydrate, and then go back and walk around some more. Just give yourself the best shot. <laughs> Take a little aid station break before the expo. <laughs> we, yes, go the, back the, in. That's a great idea. The expo needs aid. I, I should send that note up there. The there you go. Aid stations in the, in the expo. In the expo. <laughs> I like that. So whatever day you show up, it's a three-day expo in New York, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. If you get there on Thursday, you should try to go to the expo. If you oh, get yeah. there on a Friday, you want to go as early in the day as you can. If you're there before lunch go right away don't wait and go during rush hour because getting there will be harder and it'll be so crowded saturday the expo is a madhouse for all the locals who come in for people who are arriving on friday late and don't have time to go to the expo they all go on saturday so if you can at all go before the weekend i strongly encourage that all right so i feel like we've covered you've covered all the pre-race stuff well prior to Sunday, prior to the actual race day. So let's walk through race day and talk a little bit about the start village and how to handle the logistics of the actual day of the race. Right. So uh, everyone's staying typically in Manhattan, close to Central Park or Midtown. The start is way out on Staten Island at the Verrazano Bridge. So you have to get there on Sunday morning. So they're getting over 50,000 runners out to Fort Wadsworth on Staten Island, huge undertaking in New York city. It's no big deal. They've got the infrastructure, the buses, the trains, all those things to do it. You can even take the Staten Island ferry across, uh, to the Island. The, the best thing I can tell you is read all the information on the website. Look at your corral assignment and your transportation assignment and be where you're supposed to be early. So if your bus leaves midtown Manhattan, you're assigned a bus or a ferry option, and they give you a time. So you better be there. You're supposed to be at the New York City Public Library bus pickup at 5.30 a.m. on Sunday. Be there 10 minutes early. Yeah. Get in line. Be patient because there's, again, 50,000 of us trying to get over there. Yeah. Get to know your fellow runners or put on your earbuds and tune out, but just relax. Don't get You're going to stand in line a lot mm-hmm. this day. They get you out to Fort Wadsworth, the start village on Staten Island, and it's quite, it's a, it's a spectacle. Again, a, a, an expo for fifth, over 50,000 runners. Uh, it's pretty cool. But yeah. to make the most of getting there, be informed, be on time, 
and then just relax. I feel like that's hard to do because you might be at your bus at 530, but when's the actual race start? I believe the pro waves are 915, Mm -hmm. 910, it's right in that area. And don't the waves last for over an hour? The waves last almost till 1030, 10.45. That's a long time to wait and be patient. Yeah, you're going to get out there probably, let's just say 6 Mm a.m. on average. You got a three-hour wait. Yeah. So when when you get there, when you get to Fort Wadsworth on Staten Island, there are signs that the, the New York Roadrunners and the City of New York do this an amazing job mm-hmm. of informing you and um, and security. There's a, there's a, a long list of things you cannot bring into the start the start <laughs> village. Don't bring those. Don't bring those. Read what you're supposed to. Yeah. What you can and can't bring, and don't hold up the line and and add more stress to your day. Yeah. So you want to go out there self sufficient. So. Lots of extra warm clothes. Throwaway clothes, though, too. Throwaway right? clothes. Uh, I can like, you check a bag there? Um, you can do bag check, but they had this option to skip bag check. And that's a good idea because it helps you get out of the finish area in Central Park quicker. To not have a bag. To not have a bag. Okay. So go out to Fort Wadsworth with throwaway clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to take like a newspaper or some old magazines. They serve two purposes, to read mm-hmm. and keep you busy, but also to sit on because the ground's going to be damp okay. and cold. Okay. So it works as ground cover because there's a <laughs> lot of things you can't bring in as ground cover anymore. Yeah. Um, so warm clothes, some snacks, some things, get out there. And then there are three start villages. There's green, blue, and orange. You're assigned a bib color and a start village. Okay. They're identical. They all have the bagels and the coffee and the oh they have food there for you they have food there for you the basics yeah Uh, and all your own porta potties and entertainment and they duplicate it three times around the start because there's so many people so you'll show up you'll fall let's say you're in the orange wave you'll follow the orange signs to your village get there find out where you're supposed to be look around okay there's the porta potties the food's over there and i'm going in wave C and there's the gate for wave C I'm going to sit somewhere where I can see that and see the and then relax pick your spot you don't want to be running around 30 minutes before your start looking for the gate and the bathroom and the bagel you've got all that settled out so then just relax and enjoy it and sleep get your put your feet up don't walk around for three hours don't stand for three hours bring your ground cover and sit down absolutely okay um well let's talk about the race then so it starts on the bridge so you want to walk us through the course itself? Yeah, the start is is spectacular. You, you've seen the pictures. I've seen, yeah. Oh my gosh! If it's a clear day, you stand on the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. Yeah. And you can see Manhattan in the distance. That's pretty cool. I've it's, heard you know, Drew when he went, he talked about how cool it was to to stand there and just to see all the people and just to see New York. The whole the whole thing was awesome. He said. And, and that's where I get goosebumps thinking about it because it's, you've seen the pictures, you've seen all the history, you've read all the history, and then there you are standing on the Verrazano Bridge and they're playing Frank Sinatra singing New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they shoot the cannon and, and every yeah. wave gets that same experience. Yeah. So you don't I have remember to worry that about now, yeah. what wave you're in. You get the true experience. Oh, I said I'd never run a marathon again. You're making me want to run one. Right. There we go. <laughs> Good. So again, relax, get in your corral. Um, if it's looking like a warmer day, take a throwaway bottle into the corral to sip on those last mm-hmm. 30 minutes. Uh, be patient. And the race starts that first mile over the bridge. It's a, it's a huge bridge. It's an interstate. I'm going to say it's eight lanes wide. Plenty of room, oh, wow. but 60,000 yeah. people. So just relax. 
that first mile is uphill, you won't feel it because of the adrenaline. Yeah. You just want to make sure you don't look, you know, look down at your watch and make sure you're not going 30 seconds too fast because you'll get that mile back on the other side of the bridge. Okay. So give up a little bit of time going up because you'll get it back going down into Brooklyn. Um, and then you get into Brooklyn and there, it's still going to be congested for probably the first five or 10 K depending upon your pace, middle of the pack. It's going to be crowded for the first five K, but Brooklyn, you should soak it in the sights, the sounds, the, the ethnic neighborhoods change every few yeah. blocks, the music changes, the tone, the colors, the languages, the accents. It's, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then it, with those, we have the three corrals, remember blue, green, orange. Yeah. They go different directions coming off the bridge because of the exit ramps. It's pretty cool. But you separate. But then you come back together and merge. I want to say it's around the 5K mark. Okay. So it'll get a little more congested again as they all merge. Mm -hmm. But it's it's really not a big deal if you relax and just don't waste a lot of energy bobbing around people and trying to dodge people. Just it'll open up soon enough and you've got 22 more miles to make up the time (laughs) you lost. So. True. So, Got a so lot of time. Brooklyn's Brooklyn is beautiful and exciting and and varied. Then you get to the Pulaski Street Bridge, right about halfway, mile thirteen. That bridge takes you over into Queens. It's not a big bridge. It's a small, almost like an overpass. But you have to remember, in New York, bridges equal hills. So anytime you get to a bridge, realize you're on a hill. Yeah. Don't get carried away. Take your time. Get over the hill. Then that dumps you into Queens. Queens Queens is interesting. You go by the Barclays Center. You go by some places like that. Um, but soon you'll start to see the Queensboro Bridge mm-hmm. at that sits at mile 15. It's a massive bridge. Mm-hmm. And it takes a, it's a doozy of an exit entrance ramp to get up onto the bridge. Oh, okay. But once you get on the bridge, this is a key turning point of the race. It's, uh, again, a huge bridge. You've been out in the, in the city, Brooklyn and Queens. All Is this these, the biggest bridge? It's the biggest bridge. Okay. All the people, all the excitement, and all of a sudden you're on the lower deck of the Queensboro Bridge. So it's going to be kind of dark. It's going to be very quiet. Oh, okay. No fans up there at all. A dark bridge? It's dark. <laughs> it's not a tunnel, but you're on, yeah. on the lower deck. And it's a, uh, it's probably a mile and a half over the bridge. Okay. So, again... Relax going up and, and get it back coming down the other side because you're rewarded at the other side because you come off the Queensboro Bridge and it dumps you right onto First Avenue in Manhattan. And that's that's where the race changes physically. And the pictures you see running through the canyons and all the skyscrapers, oh, yeah. this is what you get. You yeah. come off the Queensboro Bridge and you're in Manhattan and it's skyscrapers and it's people and mm-hmm. it's fans and it's noise and it's awesome. But you're on First Avenue for... I want to say you go up First Avenue for four miles, okay, and it's a false flat the whole way, which means it's a, a very slight uphill that you really don't feel, but you just got to know that if it feels like you're working a little more, you are, but keep going. Don't slow down. Yeah. What you don't want to do is speed up. You get that adrenaline rush coming off the bridge and these millions of spectators and people take off up First Avenue, okay. mile 17, mile 18, mile 19, and they're out of gas. <laughs> At mile 20. Yeah. So when enjoy the it. wall hits. <laughs> yes. Um, and then you get up, you go into the Bronx for a short two miles, and that's always colorful and interesting. Uh, you're getting all the flavors of New York City. And then you finally come. Oh, so you go up. 
towards Central Park, and then you act, do you actually pass it, and then you come back to it? Well, you're on First Avenue, mm-hmm. and you're going north. Yeah. Up First Avenue, Central Park's over off yeah. of Fifth. So, okay. but yeah, you go all the way past it. Mm-hmm. You're going up into the hundreds. Okay. On the avenues into the Bronx, you turn and go uh, a couple of blocks west, west, and now you turn. And you come back across another small bridge mm-hmm. into Manhattan on Fifth Avenue, and okay. it's a straight shot down to the park. Okay. I've only been to New York once, so I'm trying to imagine it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Here's the map. See the map? Where Got you it. Go up there. Yeah. So now you're you're in the home stretch. You got three miles back down Fifth Avenue towards Central Park. It's uh, again beautiful. Hopefully, you're still alert enough to to notice everything and all the buildings and the parks and the people. But Fifth Avenue rolls a little bit the whole way back down towards Central Park, especially when you get down near mile 23, just before you turn into the park there mm-hmm. at the Metropolitan Museum of Art yeah. is kind of the Fifth Avenue Hill. Not super steep. It's just a grinding, I don't know, is it a half mile long, something yeah. like that. So, But when you're at mile 23, it, it yeah. hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And then you make that turn into Central Park right by the museum, and you've got about... Mm, Two and a half miles to go. Beautiful Central Park. It's all those things. But the road curves mm-hmm. and, and rolls a little bit. So you really can't see very far ahead. Yeah. And there's really nothing flat left until you get to yeah. Central Park South. You, you come out of the park. You go right in front of the Plaza Hotel mm-hmm. down to Columbus Circle and turn back into the park. Okay. And you've, from there, you've got less than... I don't know, it's 600 yards. Yeah. You can't see the finish until the very end. Yeah. And it's got a little bit of a kick up at the end. But at that point, you don't care because yeah. it's Central Park and it's the finish line of the New York City Marathon. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that's what I've watched on TV several times. And it's always you can, you can never tell where they are because it's you can't see the finish line. It's right. <laughs> until you are right up on it. You can't see it. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's the finish. The finish is huge and awesome and uh, big crowds and uh and then there's some real skill and planning to manage the finish line. So you had to manage the start, run the race, and now you got to figure out how to get out of this with 50,000 people. And this is what we're trying to, to convey to people. Yep. From the time you leave your house until the race is over, if you'll plan ahead, it's a pleasant experience. Yep. If you go up there without a plan or a clue, good luck, right? Yep. So much can go wrong. And, and with the finish... You're going to have to keep moving because there's a lot of walking to get out of Central Park to the family meeting area. So here's where not checking a bag at the start comes in handy because yeah. they're going to – you sign up for the poncho option. They're going to give you this cool New York City Marathon poncho instead of a bag of your own clothes to put back on. Okay. And then you get to exit the park first. You oh. finish. You get – Get your medal. Uh, get your medal, get your poncho, and you get to exit the park okay. onto Central Park West, which is mm-hmm. also 8th Avenue. That's the best option. When you get out of there, you have to keep walking, 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 <laughs> walking, walking. If you if you go to bag check, you walk north in Central Park, I bet, for another, it seems like a mile before okay. you exit the park. That's terrible. And <laughs> tell your family, if they're tracking you and they see that you've finished mm-hmm. on the tracking app, don't expect to see you in five minutes. Okay. It can take 30 to 60 minutes before you get to where you're supposed to meet them. Yeah. 
uh, and they should stay put. Don't come looking for you, yeah. which, which goes back to the planning. Come up with a pre-planned meeting area. There's a family meeting area where you exit, uh, and there's letters of the alphabet. So pick a letter, your okay. last name, whatever, and meet there. Or what I like to do, you, you come out of the park onto 8th Avenue. It's the only place you can come out. That street's closed. There's no cabs. There's, it's, it's runners everywhere. It's pretty awesome, but hard to find people. Yeah. You can walk one block west over to Columbus Avenue and find people, right? And you can get a cab over there. You can walk one more block west to Broadway, and there's a subway station there. Oh, okay. Catch the subway up or down Manhattan back to your hotel. Yeah. Uh, so look at the map. Look at the race directory and come up with a meeting place um, before you get there. And then it's a, it's a traffic nightmare on the Upper West Side after the race because roads are closed and all those things. So it can be standstill traffic. You, can, you might be able to find a cab, but yeah. when you get in the cab, they're not going anywhere because of traffic. So start walking. Yeah. Down to your hotel or get on the subway and mm-hmm. take the subway down to your hotel. So this is why it would be nice to have a hotel near Central Park. Exactly. <laughs> or within... I'd rather go farther in the morning than yeah. have to deal with it after now, the race. Now, a, a half mile, even a mile walk back you to your down. hotel is a 20 or 30 minute walk. That's not a bad idea yeah. to help your recovery, but the closer the better at post-race, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then, so get back to your hotel relax, take that shower, put your feet up for a little bit if you want to take a nap, and then get out and yeah. walk walk as far as you want to walk, all right? Go find, you know, it's a city of, I don't know how many thousand restaurants, yeah. some of the best restaurants in the world and things to do and yeah. places to go. Get out and enjoy the city, walk around. It'll help you recover. Eat all the food. All the food. Get up Monday, do the same thing. Go for a nice walk in the park or go do all the things yeah. you want to do that, you didn't do Saturday because you were being a smart runner. Mm-hmm. Very smart. And still eat all the food. Oh, yeah. Continue to eat all the food. <laughs> to continue to eat all right? the food. Right. It is New York City. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that is a, a good picture of what a runner should do from the time you leave your house, where you live, <laughs> from Memphis, for me, <clears throat> if I were going, all the way to the finish. So those are some great, great pieces of advice. So what do you do? So you're there, part of the St. Jude Heroes program. So what does your weekend look like? Well, I'll be up there supporting the St. Jude Heroes. So I'll be at the Race Expo all three days. Okay. Uh, you can come by and find me at the St. Jude Memphis Marathon booth or the St. Jude Heroes booth. where they're taking care of our runners. Have a few Can't Stop Endurance runners up there we'll be looking after. On race day, I'll be on the course somewhere, typically somewhere on First Avenue, cheering for people. Uh, we'll also have a shakeout run on Saturday morning. It's put on by Can't Stop Endurance and the St. Jude Heroes. Anybody can join us. It's an easy, probably a 30-minute shakeout run on Saturday morning. You can find the details on Can't Stop Endurance Facebook page um, in the few days before the race. Okay. So you'll be super busy. Super busy. Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's it's running. It's a running mecca. Uh, It's I get to go up there for three days and talk about running and meet runners and cheer runners on. So it's it's a pretty good gig. Can I come with you one day? Absolutely. I would love to, whether running or just, I don't know, watching, helping out. All right, so that wraps up our second episode of the Can't Stop Endurance podcast. If you want to go to iTunes and hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, five stars, please, because we're awesome. You can also reach out to Coach Kevin at coach at can'tstopendurance.com. 
And also, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as Coach Kevin says, run smart, train hard, and race fast. Thanks for joining us.